0: Next on News for the Soul, Soul Sessions with Nina. Nina Quantum. Next on News for the Soul, Inspiration to Creation with Nina Amir. Nina is known as the Inspiration to Creation Coach. She's an intuitive transformational catalyst who elevates consciousness by reminding you who you are a spiritual being having a physical experience. She'll inspire you to rethink your limiting beliefs, rise to your potential, and become a powerful creator who can live a human life that feeds your soul. Please welcome Nina Amir back to News for the Soul. Happy New
1: Year, everyone.
0: Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Nina Amir, the Inspiration to Creation Coach, and as you heard, I'm an intuitive transformational catalyst, and I would like to help you get out of your own way and change from the inside out and step into your power as a creator, because yes, you are a creator. So are you ready to get inspired to create something amazing? Before I dive into today's show... I want to remind you that there should be time for questions or coaching at the end of this episode. So if you have questions um, about or would like to be coached on today's topic, which is how to prioritize your soul-aligned activities and goals in the new year, please call or write in. I'd love for you to call in so that we can chat. I really don't bite. And while email questions are great, it doesn't allow me to tap into your energy or have a conversation with you. And that's really what I'd like to do. So call in by dialing 646-595-4274. That's 646-595-4274. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or email on the air, on the air at tellus.net, T-E-L-U-S dot net. And all that information is over at newsforthesoul.com. So let's start creating, shall we? 2023 has ended. In fact, just eight, eight, (laughs) I can't talk today. In just eight days, we welcomed the new year. Eight days ago, we welcomed the new year. And if you're interested in transformation, which I think you must be since you're listening to me, the new year represents a time to take stock of your life, to determine what changes to make and to set goals, right? Yes and no. We're going to talk about goal setting in this session, but first I want to discuss something that overrides goal setting, or or maybe I should say comes first, and it's the need to set a priority, and and I want to encourage you to make that priority feeding your soul. Once I've done that, we're going to talk about goals, but you're going to find it easiest to achieve your goals if they're aligned with your priority by which I mean that they're soul-aligned. Now, I want you to notice I didn't say set priorities, plural. The New Year is not a time to choose priorities. It's a time to set one priority. Technically, or maybe I should say grammatically, and here's where my writing and editing expertise is showing, you can only have one priority. Why? Because a priority is the most important thing. You can have other things that are important to you, but only one priority. Now, most people talk about their priorities, plural, and they might have a few things they deem important, yet only one of them can be the priority. And with this in mind, I want to encourage you, in fact, I want to challenge you to make feeding your soul your one and only priority this year. Focus on revolving your life around doing more of the things that make you feel excited, passionate, and alive, while at the same time raising your consciousness and that of the world. These types of activities align with the desires of your soul, and that's why they feel so good. And if you make engaging in these kinds of activities your priority, you're going to feed your soul. And as a result, you're going to change the quality of your life in the new year. It's going to feel good. It's going to make you happy and fulfilled. If you're like most people, you don't know how much of your day, week, month, or year you spend feeding your soul. But you need to have this information. Otherwise, you don't know if you are or are not focusing on caring for your soul. So I was out walking and listening to – uh, a program by the late David, Rabbi David Cooper, who um, is the author of god is a verb he 's one of my favorite um, rabbis who speaks about meditation and, and Kabbalah or mysticism and is very open minded he 's helped me with <coughs> excuse me he 's helped me with <coughs> a book project about creation and law of attraction and I was very sad when he died, but that's kind of new here them there right now. So hold on, I'm going to take a little drink. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, I was listening to this recording by Rabbi Cooper, and he suggested listing the things or the activities that feed your soul. And these could be writing, skiing, listening to music, hiking, playing with your dog, watching the sunset, singing, learning, smelling the roses in your garden, painting, or almost anything else that really lights you up. Once you've done that, so once you've listed all the things that feed your soul, next you determine the percentage of time you currently spend on those soul-aligned activities. So consider each day or week to start with. Do you spend 10% of your days or weeks feeding your soul? <clears throat> You spend more time, less time? Think about it. It's really an important question. <clears throat> now, I bet you consider what something costs when deciding to purchase it. For example, the cost of horseback riding might be prohibited, even if you love horses and believe riding would make your soul happy. <clears throat> or buying a house on the beach might be unaffordable based on your monthly income level you know walking on the beach every day would make your spirits sing? On the other hand, it's unusual to consider what not doing something will cost. But that decision does indeed have a cost. For instance, what does it cost you not to ride horses or live near the ocean? Maybe the cost is calculated in happiness, peace, environment, or even connection to nature or to source. So once you've determined the percentage of time that you spend on soul-feeding activities, consider what it's costing you to starve your soul. Because if you don't participate in activities that feed your soul, 50% or more of each month or each week, you're starving it. You're starving your soul. What does it mean to you that you're feeding your soul? Perhaps it means you don't love yourself enough to care for your spiritual nature or so it could mean you put everybody else's needs before your own. Those are costs too. So for instance, not loving yourself and putting other, others first has an impact on your level of self-esteem, on your health, on your relationships. And there's a cost related to the quality of your life, which won't feel as satisfying or make you as happy. <clears throat> With your new insight into how much time you spent feeding your soul, I want you to answer this question. Are your decisions about how you spend your time related to not having enough of it, to not having enough of it? So here's the thing. Too many humans suffer from what Rabbi Cooper called time deficiency syndrome, time deficiency syndrome, or TDS we spend our time on the things we have to, must, or, to, or are expected to do. After that, we believe we have no time for the activities that make us happy or expand our consciousness. Those that are soul aligned. I'm sure you can probably relate. So TDS results in doing tedious things. TDS is pronounced tedious, TDS, tedious. Say TDS aloud and fast and you'll hear it. So if you suffer from tedious, tedious, you end up doing tedious things rather than those that feed your soul, things that are tedious, that don't jazz you or float your boat. They're not soul food. So take a moment and imagine participating in tedious activities. Think about it. Just see yourself doing things that are tedious. And then visualize yourself doing things that align with your soul's wants and needs, things that are, you're passionate about, inspired to do, that make you happy. Notice the difference in how you feel both emotionally and physically in both cases. All right, so now consider the quality of your life when you only do the tedious, when you, when you do what you have to do, are supposed to do, are expected to do. And compare that to the quality of your life when you do things that raise your consciousness, increase your energy, and level up your daily happiness and fulfillment level. I'm sure you can see that there's a distinct difference in your quality of life when you feed your soul. Is there not? So let's reverse engineer the process. I want you to determine how much time you would like to spend doing the things that nurture your soul. Come up with a percentage. Percentage of your day, week, or month that you would like, that you're currently spending on soul-aligned activities. I'm sorry, that you'd like to spend. So I said, determine how much time you would like to spend doing the things that nurture your soul. The percentage of your day, week, or month that you want to spend on soul-aligned activities. You can look at it as How many hours do you want to spend on soul care each day, week, or month? Okay, so come up with that percentage. Now, if you committed to spending that amount of time feeding your soul and kept that commitment, what would that mean to you? Think about it. How would incorporating regular and consistent soul care into your schedule change the quality of your life? How would it alter your experience of life? I can tell you that it's going to change your vibration. And it's going to help you step into being the awesome creator that you are. You're going to be better able to create your desires for sure. And maybe you already spend the desired amount of time on nurturing your soul. And that's awesome. But what does that fact mean? What does it say about you and your values and commitments and how you feel about your life? What does it tell you about your priority or commitment? And how does that priority and that commitment impact your life? All positive ways, right? But if you're not consistently and regularly spending a desired amount of time feeding your soul, it's time to consider why. Why? What does it mean that soul care is not your priority? Think about your values, your commitments, your habits, your self-view, and how they pertain to living in soul alignment. What does this information, this knowledge, and living in this manner feel like in your heart? How does it impact your experience of life? probably not in a positive way. At least I know that that's been my experience, that if I'm not consistently and regularly spending the time I want on feeding my soul, that it feels pretty shitty because it means that I don't prioritize soul care, that I don't value being soul aligned, that I'm not committed to being in soul alignment, and that I don't love myself enough to live in soul alignment. Now answer this question again. I asked it before. I want you to answer it again. How much time would you like to spend doing the things that nurture your soul? 50% of the time, 70% of the time, 100% of the time, 20% of the time? And that percentage needs to correlate with the quality of the life you want to live. If you have an answer, it's time to look at how you spend your time and begin scheduling the activities you know feed your soul. If you use your time doing things that don't feed your soul, you'll have regrets, and you don't want to die with regrets. I was just listening to somebody's story today, a video I got. I can't remember the guy's name, talking about you know going to the hospital and quite young, and they said you know that they couldn't. Guarantee he'd lived for 48 hours, and um, you know, and then he did a whole lot of positive thinking and whatever, and he, he left there and was okay, but it he made, made him rethink how he was spending his life, how he was spending his time. You don't want to die with regrets. And we humans get so busy with our physical lives that we forget we're also spiritual beings. And as such, we really have to care for both aspects of our nature. It seems like only when we get sick or someone close to us dies, do we begin thinking about what we could have spent or would have preferred to spend our time on. We leave what should be a priority, feeding our souls for the future. The future is not promised. So it's time to stop doing that because the ability to enjoy the future is not guaranteed. So stop thinking you're gonna do the things that nourish your soul later. Please, please don't put them off until the kids graduate school, you feel more energetic or you retire or something else. This is the year to begin living a life that feeds your soul. Think about it. When you feel forced to slow down or even stop doing your normal activities, like when you get sick maybe, your life doesn't collapse. That's what you're afraid of though, that everything's gonna go to hell if you have to slow down or if you have to ref- refocus your priority. And that's what you fear, that life is gonna collapse, but life goes on when you, you know, when you, whether or not you're doing all the time. It goes on even if you quit your constant doing. And the same is true if you make nourishing your soul a priority. Now, look, I know this well. Most of what I talk about here on this show, you know, it's my journey. I never claim to have it all figured out, to be the expert. Usually I'm teaching you what I need to learn most. And, And this I know well. I had a shitload of stuff happen this year that made me stop and think about how I'm living my life. Well, it actually started back in 2022 when my husband had a stroke. That was a wake-up call for me. I know you think it's a wake-up call for him. He came out, you know, unscathed, uh, totally fine. Um, I don't see that it's been a wake-up call for him, but it was for me because everything could have changed in that moment. Then, January 2023, my mother died. Same month, right before she died, we sold her house, which I grew up in. And the new owners then demolished it like six months later, adding to my grief. Then I dislocated my shoulder in June, which was followed by a three-week back sprain, making it hard for me to do, you know, like even get out of a chair. And then I got shingles in the same shoulder that I dislocated. I thought all of that was past me, though. Like, you know, I'm out walking the dog and enjoying it and, Thought it was all past me. And then, you know, I did PT, all of it. And then I fell at an agility class with my dog right before Christmas with no ramifications. But I thought, ooh, that's interesting. And then on December 28th, coming in the door, my foot got stuck in a leash that was hanging there and had come loose and made a big loop. Put my foot right in it and I broke my ankle. Do you think I was getting some messages from my guides of the universe? <laughs> I know I was. Six months of this and, and, and I, you know, of physical issues. And I finally paid attention. I've known I needed to change my focus, to prioritize feeding my soul. And one of the things my soul wants is for me to do my life's work, to write my books. And I've been putting that off because of some old stories. But I've been feeling the push. And the inspiration, souls moving through me, the passion for that activity of writing was coming back, but I still wasn't listening. Maybe better said, I was ignoring the messages and not taking any action. Wasn't changing anything. Well, that stops now. (laughs) In 2024, you know, despite the broken ankle, I've already taken a lot of action in the first week of the year towards getting my new book out. I've also changed my morning routine. I've given myself permission, actually, to have a morning routine, to spend that time feeding my soul in other ways, reading, meditating, journaling, guided writings. i prioritize feeding my soul. Going forward, this is my priority. So you really need to remember, well, let me stop there and say that I want you to think back over the last six months or a year. How many messages have you gotten about how to feed your soul that you have ignored? You know, like, for instance, I keep thinking I want to go horseback riding, and I haven't pursued it. Well, now I'm, it's been put off with the ankle, obviously, but things like that. just What have you felt the push to do that you didn't do? So we need to remember to live in the present moment, because the future doesn't exist. It doesn't mean we can't visualize what we want for the new year, but the future doesn't exist, and neither does the past. So we need to stay in the present moment. That means that the items on your Feed My Soul list have to start taking place now, today. Plus, when you feed your soul in the present, you experience your connection with Source and with Yourself. There's no other time when you can have those types of connections. And nourishing your soul now, not later, releases you from the tedious aspects of life. And so the quality of your life changes considerably. Don't bother setting other types of goals this year. Just prioritize caring for your soul. Make that your priority to feed your soul regularly and consistently and then watch how your results change over the next 12 months. I'm going to be watching for sure to see how my results change, and, and I'm going to be noticing how the quality of my life changes, and that's what I want you to do too. Notice how the quality of your life, your experience of life, improves when you do this. I would love for you to commit to at least an hour of soul-nurturing activities each day. Rabbi Cooper said that that's the mini, minimum daily require, requirement of daily soul care. So what are you going to do daily that makes your heart happy, makes your spirit sing, jazzes you, floats your boat, is in soul alignment? Now put that on your calendar. Make that a goal. Create a way to track the time you spend on that activity or those activities. You can even use a habit app. And promise yourself you're going to spend a minute, at least a minute, 60 seconds, being present every day. You can spend more time present Awesome but at least commit to one minute of presence. In that time, you can connect with your soul or with source because you can only do that in the present. And then you might consider taking time off each week to nurture your soul. Observance of the Sabbath does that, but you don't have to be religious or you don't have to devote an entire day to soul care to have a Sabbath. And sometimes... From a religious perspective, the Sabbath feels like a should, like observing the Sabbath Sabbath feels like a should. We don't want that. But even a few hours is enough. Like in in a program I was in, we were told to spend four hours in silence. Like what if you did that every week? How would that change things? Anyway, during that time, four hours or so, you can do whatever feeds your soul. Sit silently, go out in nature, read a book, study, spend time with friends, do something that's not – Tedious and isn't work. And finally, schedule a week-long spiritual retreat every year. You can consider this your annual sabbatical. The Sabbath is a day of rest. You know, it's supposed to be a day of rest dedicated to God. The sabbatical is several Sabbaths put together. So during that week, devote yourself to your soul and to source and feed your soul a fabulous diet. Okay. Since I know some of you love setting goals, or that's been a habit of yours, let's talk about goal setting for a bit. But let's keep the focus on soul-aligned goals, those that feed the soul when accomplished. Even though it's a widespread New Year practice to set goals, the majority of people never achieve the goals they set. So don't set New Year's goals. Instead, get desired and inspired, meaning in spirit results. By being someone who can move successfully from where you are now, point A, to where you want to be in a year, point B. So that's your only goal. I'm talking about identity, and I know I've talked about identity a lot on this show. Who do you need to be to stick to your priority of feeding your soul, to truly do that? How would you describe that person and that identity? Let me back up a bit. Your consistent actions reveal the kind of person you are, and who you are being, your identity, creates your personal destiny. However, you can change your destiny by intentionally changing your character to be someone different in the new year, someone capable of taking the actions that get you from point A to point B, someone with the mindset and habits that make it possible to stick to your priority of feeding your soul consistently. When your actions align with your new way of being, you're going to find it a lot easier to arrive at your desired destination. You're going to achieve your goals. Just think, if those goals are so aligned, then you're in a vibration that makes it easier to achieve your goals and create inspired results by being someone who can, can do that. And your results are your creations. If you're tapped into your spiritual side, you're in-spirit, You're going to create from that place and that vibration, that soul-aligned place. So I recently took the members of the Inspired Creator community through a process that um, I've shortened a bit, but I think it would help you become the person at point B now. At least I know it will. It asks you to decide where you want to be in 12 months and who you need to be to ensure you get where you want to go in that time frame. So to go through this process, <clears throat> answer each of these questions. You know, hopefully you have a piece of paper or something when you're listening to my sessions here, my episodes, because there's usually something to write down. Anyway, get out a piece of paper or a journal. You can always come back and re-listen to this episode to get these questions again. And uh, anyway, so here we go. Okay, we have five questions. First one is this. What's your actions in the last 12 months say about you? So from January to December 2023, what are your actions during that time say about you? Who you were being, your identity, or your character? So as an example, maybe it was, I was being selfish, or I was angry, or I was focused and productive, I was healthy, I was misaligned, I was aligned, I was guided, okay? What your actions in the last 12 months say about you and who you are being? Okay. Number two. What would you like to do in the new year that aligns with your best self or vision of who you want to be? So these are the actions that define your character and that lead to the results you desire, which I guess you could call goals. But consider how these goals align with your soul, how they feed it and therefore align with your priority. So for example, I'd like to write consistently daily and complete a book. I'd like to run six times per week and be in shape to run a marathon. I'd like to increase the number of people in my membership so I can make a bigger difference in the world. I'd like to meet my soulmate. so again, answer that question. What would you like to do in the new year that aligns with your best self or vision of who you wanna be? Okay, third question. Who do you need to be to get from point A to point B? this year. Now, I want to just note, you need to have the identity of a person who is at point B already or expand on the actions that made you successful in the past being that. So here's a little hint. You need to be someone who is already feeding your soul. If that's your priority, right? We're sticking with soul alignment, feeding your soul. So you need to already be someone who's feeding your soul. You need to become that now, in this moment, make that decision, identify or describe who that person is for you, right? Because for everyone, that's going to look different, right? So it could be I need to be someone who acts on spiritual guidance or I need to be a writer or I need to be someone who makes time for hobbies, right? So who do you need to be to get from point A to point B in the next 12 months? Okay, number four. Identify three words that describe the person you will be or need to be at point B. Identify three words that describe the person you will be or need to be at point B. So that, you know, then explain why each of those words is important to being that person. Remember, the person at point B is already taking the actions that allow them to get desired and inspired results. That's how they got to point B. They're doing the things that feed their soul because they made that a priority. And they have an identity based on their actions. All right, last question, five. Use your three words as a daily reminder to be the person whose words describe, who those words describe. You've got those three words and you want to remind yourself to be that person. So you put those words on sticky notes or in your phone as reminders or alarms. And when you see the notes around your home or the words pop up on your phone or computer, take a moment to ask yourself, am I being that person right now? Have I been that person during the day? Am I living as the person already at point B? So, for instance, if your words are committed, aligned, and guided, you would ask yourself, am I committed right now? Did I act in an aligned manner today? Did I listen to and act on spiritual guidance? Right? And if you don't embody those characteristics, it's time to change your behavior or actions. And as you do so, your identity, your character is going to change. And you're going to be that person more often. Eventually, you're going to live as the person at point B and achieve the results that person can create. You're going to live in soul alignment. Why? Because you're going to be that person. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that good intentions aren't enough to ensure the achievement of your Year's goals or of prioritizing feeding your soul. Now, intentions are important. Intentions set, um, you know, set things in motion but they're not enough. If they were, more people would make good, good on their New Year's intentions. But instead, only about 8% of the people who set goals in December actually achieve them the next year. And the reason why is simple, because on January 1st, they possess the same identity as they had on December 31st. You can't set new goals and expect to achieve them if you don't change your identity. After all, you have have to be the type of person who can achieve those goals. You have to be the type of person who can stick to that priority of feeding your soul. So before you set goals or choose a priority, decide who you wanna be in the new year. Then choose goals and priorities that correspond with that identity. Or you can reverse the process. That for some people seems more straightforward, by which I mean set goals and choose a priority, and then decide what type of person would be able to achieve them, which is what we've kind of been talking about. And with that clarity, you can choose to adopt the identity for yourself. With all of this, I want to stress that you're a creator, and you can create your new year. If you're like me, you might have a new year practice of writing a vision or scripting your next 12 months, you know, writing about everything you want to accomplish in the new year, maybe even in the past tense, as if it's already done. And, he, you know, and here's the problem with that, though, and it's why so many visions don't become reality, including the ones you put on vision boards, is you can only see the future through your, cur- your current identity, who you are right now. So you have to broaden your perspective and begin the visioning process, which includes your priority of feeding your soul and any soul-aligned goals, by developing a vision for the new year from the perspective of already having that identity. Already being at point B, I'm living in soul alignment. In other words, imagine what you want your life to be like over the next 12 months. And once you can see your year, imagine it or write about it from the perspective of someone who has already created that year. Write about it in the past tense, but from the point of view of someone who truly has already created that life, lived that life. You have to really put yourself into that identity. It's kind of a begin with the end in mind process. First, write a New Year vision in the past tense, like composing a letter to someone on December 31st, 2024, in this case. And then imagine every aspect of your life as you would like it to be 12 months from now. You have lived and are living it. And feel into that, really feel into that. Start with that because most people approach their new year planning by simply making a list of goals and assuming that they're going to figure out how to achieve them. They might even plan the steps to goal achievement, but none of that ensures success. Start with your vision in mind. Ask yourself what goals you'd have achieved during the year you described, and what would be your priority? Is it feeding your soul? And then ask yourself who you have to be to achieve it, to achieve those goals. Then choose that identity, become that person, show up in that matter, and watch how almost magically you start taking actions and begin thinking thoughts that lead to achieving those goals and focusing on that priority. When you choose to be someone who feeds your soul, what are you going to do? You're going to be thinking about feeding your soul. You're going to be doing things that feed your soul, right? You're going to live in a soul-aligned manner because that's who you are. That's how you're going to create a totally different year in 2024. So I'd love to know what questions you have about feeding your soul and making soul alignment and feeding your soul your priority this year. Or well, what questions do you have about setting soul aligned goals or developing a soul aligned vision for the new year? So I think we have plenty of time for questions or coaching uh, Nicole if there's anyone there again the call in number is 646-595-4274 or email on the air at tellus.net and of course if you're listening I'd love to chat with you let's get on with the call together Nicole anyone have questions we have uh,
1: actually the first can you hear me okay Nina I can Excellent. that will help uh, so we've got five questions in and it's all essentially the same question which I thought was interesting Um, from all over the world too. We've got uh, Michelle in Ontario, Mary in New York, Petra in the UK and so on and we've essentially the same question, slightly different wording but essentially having the challenge of trying to find something that they're passionate about to set new goals for.
0: Okay, so how do they find something they're passionate about. Yeah, they're, and then they're having
1: trouble tr- getting excited about doing anything, <laughs> essentially.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, there's too stuck in being tedious. <laughs> okay. Let me see if I can answer that. And maybe there'll be some different questions um, as, I, as I do so. All right. So I get that what can happen is that we... As we do all these, you know, as we as we get stuck with TDS, right? We're doing the tedious things, the things we should do, the things we're expected to do. We forget what we're passionate about, and you know, I can I can think about one person in my life who will tell, say that you know, he has no idea what he would do when he retires. He, he used to have some hobbies, he doesn't have any. He he's not passionate about really anything except maybe watching some soccer on TV. And so that's what happens, is the more we spend our lives doing what we're expected to do, feeling like we're stuck in survival, um, all of that, we, we, I wouldn't say we lose our passion, we forget it. So how do we get it back is the question. I would start small. Pick one small thing. You can go back to when you were a child or a teenager or a young adult and think, think back, what were you excited about then? What were your dreams and your goals? What were you passionate about? What couldn't you stop talking about? Like you drove people crazy because you couldn't stop talking about something. What was that? That's where you start. Find one thing. One thing. Maybe you had the dream, like me, of writing a book. Maybe you, you know, liked writing poetry. Maybe you thought... Um, yeah, you just lived to go rollerblading. Maybe you um, loved going to the zoo, and you know it's the animals. You just loved the animals, and you, in the back of your head, you thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could have a career, like you know, at zoos, helping with the animals? I don't know anything like that. You're going to find one little thing that you you did. You, maybe it's not a little thing, but one thing that really jazzed you you were excited about and passionate about and that's where you're going to focus your attention that's your first soul aligned activity to take on for the new year because that stuff is there you're just not allowing yourself to remember you're not allowing yourself to take action on on something that really you're passionate about and inspired to do and here's the thing It might not be your purpose, but maybe it is. Maybe this is your life's work and you just decided you couldn't do it for whatever reason because you wouldn't make enough money. Look, I think about it like continuously that I have a membership program and I do coaching and all of that. But what I know is really my gift is writing. And it's like, yeah, but the other stuff brings in more money because I have this belief that, you know, writers don't make that much money, even authors. And so, you know, it's, it's this conditioning we have that we have to do it a certain way. We have to focus on certain things that ensure our survival, that keep us safe and secure and loved, and that stops us from feeling the things that, you know, remembering the things that we were inspired about, that we were passionate about, that we, that we did feel were our purpose in life. And when you combine your purpose With your passion, you get inspired. And then when you take inspired action, you get inspired results. And as I said, those are your creations. That's what you're going to create. So go back in time, figure out what in the past has really jazzed you or floated your boat, and then make that part of your Feed My Soul activities for the new year. I think that answered the question. Um, Nicole, do you think it answered the questions? And does anything else come in? Or were there some some nuances to the questions that I didn't
1: touch on? I thought you addressed it just fine. We have another question up from, uh, oops, I just lost the button. Where are we? <laughs> oh, here we are. Don from Rhode Island. And um, their problem is with follow-through. They like it when it's new and shiny and exciting that lives the energy halfway through a project who has trouble following through. Got it. Got it. Okay.
0: Done. So that, there are two aspects to that. And one is, um, if you're not following through, it could be that you're just not committed. Okay? So one thing you could work on is being a committed person. Um, the other part of that is self-integrity. And that is, you need to be be a person, this is identity, to be a committed person, to be a self-integral person. A self-integral person is someone who keeps their promises to themselves. It's very easy to say, I lost interest because it got hard, life-lifed and there wasn't time, you got into all the TDS, right? And more often than not, it's just fear, fear of really pursuing it. And so a big part is to be self-integral, to keep your promise to yourself. So if this is something you want to do this year, in 2024, say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to commit to it, and I'm going to be self-integral about that. I will, every week or every day or whatever, spend time on this, and I'm going to do it until it's done. Like The promise you're going to make to yourself is that you won't just start, you will finish. Okay. You make that promise to yourself and you challenge yourself to stretch in that way and you become a person who is self-integral and has commitment. I did a blog post on my site, ninaamir.com. Just go to ninaamir.com forward slash blog or just click on the blog link and put into the search engine there um, commitment um, or self-integrity. And you'll find a blog post where I talked about the connection between commitment and self-integrity because you can't really have Um, commitment without self-integrity. Like you can commit to something, but if you have no self-integrity, then you're not going to keep your commitments to yourself. You might keep them to other people, but not to yourself. And so you really need to look at where fear is coming up um, to stop you. Um, If you're procrastinating, if you're doing things for other people before, then this is all, you know, your fears of, like I said, of, of failure or being judged or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, the other thing you could do is you could get a buddy, somebody who's going to pursue some project, doesn't have to be the same one, um, and wants to make sure they fulfill their commitment and stay self-integral. So get a a buddy. Um, Or maybe they don't even have a project and you just tell somebody about it. You know, something often done is to put it out there on social media or, you know, just call a couple friends and say, this is what I'm going to do, and I want you to hold me accountable. And that's going to help you step into being someone who's committed and um, self-integral. So I hope that answered that question. Anything else, Nicole?
1: And we've got just one more. Uh, sorry, okay. i keep pushing the wrong button and losing it. You're <laughs> with me here. Okay, it's Pat in Boston. And Mm -hmm. uh, the question is, what do you do about perceived limitations or lack of resources that are stopping me from being able to do what I really want to do? Okay, good question. Um, And
0: I'm sorry, I think my dog might come running through here barking in a second. But anyway. (laughs) Okay, so what to do about perceived limitations um, that stop you? So I don't ever wanna say that that sometimes there aren't things that limit us. However, with that said, I would add that one of the attitudes you need to take on or I would challenge you to take on is that anything is possible 100% of the time. And so as long as you are having this perspective that there are limitations in your way, you will have limitations. That's what you're going to create with your thoughts and your beliefs, right? Just like me believing I can't make money as a writer. That's what I'm going to create, right? So you have to say 100% possible 100% of the time. I can make money as a writer. Who says I can't make money from my books? I can do that. It's 100% possible. I can even look around and find people who have done that. So change your mindset first and foremost, okay? I want you to start believing 100% possible 100% of the time. Just keep repeating that as a mantra to yourself and then look for ways. The other thing you can do is when you go to sleep at night, ask the universe, source, God, your guides, whatever, to show you how. Go to sleep at night and say, please, universe, source, show me how to find the resources, how to attract the resources to pursue my goals and my dreams and see what comes to you. Okay, so I hope that answers the question. I think that leaves me just enough time to do my shameless self-promotion, so I'm going to do that. As I always say, personal growth leads to spiritual growth and vice versa. So as you learn to work with your human self through personal growth, you allow more of your spiritual self to express itself. That's also how you get out of your own way and you stop having the beliefs that patience or that you're afraid, or I'm, I'm someone who never follows through. I'm someone who doesn't complete what I start. I lose the excitement, right? So the personal growth work allows you to move through that and to express yourself and to express through your soul. And that's when the light of your soul begins to shine and you create your desires more easily and quickly and, That's when you know that your soul desires, you know, what your soul really wants, and you can get out of your own way and pursue those soul-aligned activities. And that's why I'm such an advocate for both personal and spiritual growth coaching programs, and that's why I talk about that here on this show, because the two go together. Work on yourself, and you're going to find yourself open to the spiritual side of your nature. Work on your spiritual side... And you're going to find yourself confronted by the human ways you stop yourself from experiencing your connection with all that is and shining the light of your soul. And that's the problem is you want spiritual growth. You want transformation. But you're standing in the way of being the person you know you can be. You want to be. You are your essence. Your human soul is stopping you from allowing the light of your soul to shine fully. Your humanness, your mindsets and habits It would stop you from expressing your spiritual essence from receiving spiritual guidance and acting on it. Your physical self is stopping you from living a human life that really does feed your soul. And believe me, I know this from personal experience. This is my journey to get the hell out of my own way so I can actually live a human life that is soul aligned, so I can be in a a vibration, or be a vibration that allows me to create all I want, all I desire. And that is, for my highest good and the highest good of people concerned, or all those concerned. And that's why I created the Inspired Creator Community, to offer personal and spiritual growth coaching and training to those who want to fulfill their potential and live lives of soul alignment, and to tap into their powers as divine creators to get inspired results. As you may know, I'm a certified high-performance coach and an intuitive transformational catalyst, The coaching I provide is all about helping you step into being the person you know you can be, know you want to be, so you can fulfill your potential and purpose and access your powerful creative ability. It's about being a creator and a person who can express as a spiritual being having a human experience. It's about about getting out of your own way and dropping all that programming that isn't serving you. Creating transformation requires a holistic strategy that addresses all of who you are. That's when quick and lasting change happens. So the Inspired Creator Community offers live coaching three times a month with me, not some other coach, as well as recorded spiritual trainings to help you step into your power as an inspired creator and really create a life that feeds your soul and that is spiritually guided. Feed your soul and the quality of your life will change. The quality of your results will change. So to find out more you can go to ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. This is right there on newsforthesoul.com. You can find the, the link, but it's ninaamir, ninaami dot com forward slash join ICC. Right now you can join anytime. So you could join today. <laughs> and everything's been recorded and archived and, and you, you can access all of it and begin participating. Um, This is going to change in March of this year, 2024. I'm going to be opening the doors to the program with new content focused specifically on being an inspired creator and only opening again for new members six months later. That said, the right or the best time to join is when you feel that intuitive nudge, when your soul whispers in your ear that it's time to change, time to transform, time to be who you're meant to be, to fulfill your potential and purpose to create what you truly desire and what is for your highest good, to live a life that feeds your soul. You probably realize your soul is pushing you in that direction right now. So trust that intuition. Because how much longer do you want to wait to step into your power as a creator, to move your human nature out of the way so you experience your spiritual nature? Where will you be in six months or a year when we hit 2025 if nothing changes? If you don't change now, this year, and you continue to live in a manner that starves your soul. In the Inspired Creator community, we focus on changing from the inside out, and as as you transform, your life transforms. What if you don't experience that transformation soon, within the next six months or a year? What if you never change, grow, transform, become who you're meant to be, and do what you're meant to do in this lifetime? You probably realize that you may come to the end of your life and have regrets about not showing up, in this lifetime, as your best self, not pursuing your passion, not expressing fully, not making soul alignment a priority. And I don't want that for you or for me, and I bet you don't want it for yourself. So if you agree and feel the push towards achieving your potential and fulfilling your purpose, being your best self so you can live a life that feeds your soul, and you don't want to wait another month or six months or a year, become an inspired creator. Join me in the Inspired Creator community at ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. And if a membership program or group coaching isn't for you, consider working with me privately. You can get a free 15-minute strategy session with me by going to ninaamir.com forward slash 15 free, and we can discuss what type of coaching suits your needs. And please follow me on social. Just search for Nina Amir or Inspiration to Creation Coach. I thank you all so much for listening. I wish you a happy new year, um, a soul-aligned new year. And until I talk to you next... Go out there and achieve more inspired results by creating yourself and your life intentionally and living a life that feeds your soul.
1: Here are all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show.